On today's show, COVID-19 taking over the SEC once again as Texas A&M pulls out of their bowl game against Wake Forest in the Gator Bowl. A couple of Georgia players and Alabama coaches out with COVID currently as the College Football Playoff Committee puts in contingency plans in place for the playoff. Also, we're going to catch up with Vanderbilt quarterback Ken Seals as he talks about the ups and downs of this past season with the Commodores. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome to Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. I'm Chris Gordy. Thank you guys for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Around the conference. And we start with COVID-19 taking its toll on the sports world yet again. As we're seeing it happen in college basketball, the NBA, the NFL, disrupting plans for everybody. But this time, it's affecting Texas A&M. And they will not be able to participate in the Gator Bowl because they don't have enough players to play in the game, according to Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated. The bowl game is now scrambling to find a replacement, but it would only be a possibility if another team can't play. The Aggies were expected to play Wake Forest because of the COVID outbreak. AM unable to play in the Gator Bowl from Billy Lucci at Tex Ags. He says, according to Aggie Athletic Director Ross Bjork, AM was currently down to 38 scholarship players, and the Ags had just 13 available scholarship players available on defense. That includes COVID, opt-outs, transfers, and season-ending injuries. So it becomes a numbers game. They were going to be limited to begin with, and now they will not play. Now, the college football playoff officials announced COVID-19 policies ahead of the semifinal games between Georgia and Michigan, and, of course, Alabama and Cincinnati. And here's what they said. If a team is not available for a playoff game, the team would forfeit and the opponent advances to the title game. If both teams can't play, the other semifinal would become the national championship. So let me help you out here. If Alabama suddenly have too many cases and they couldn't play, and Cincinnati was ready to play, Cincinnati would automatically advance to play the winner of the Georgia-Michigan game. If both Alabama and Cincinnati couldn't play, then the Georgia-Michigan game would suddenly just become the national title game. It's not the best solution, but this is where we are in this process. And, of course, with more than a week to go before Alabama and Cincinnati face off in the college football playoff, Alabama announced that offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien and offensive line coach Doug Marone both tested positive for COVID-19. Nick Saban said, we received notification that both of them tested positive for COVID-19. They have very mild symptoms and are at home isolating while following all appropriate guidelines. We anticipate both being able to coach in the college football playoff. Remember, it's a little bit of a different uh, timetable. I believe it's 10 days. That would put them right at 10 days being able to come back and coach in the uh, in the semifinal. Over at Georgia, George Pickens 
has joined JT Daniels as Georgia players to test positive for COVID-19. Pickens is returning from that ACL injury, made his first catch of the season against Georgia Tech a couple of weeks ago, and now he is currently under COVID protocols. JT Daniels' positive test was reported by multi- multiple media outlets on Tuesday, so both those guys currently out. The Bulldogs will take on Michigan in the playoff in the Orange Bowl on New Year's Eve. Ole Miss, they are set to play Baylor in the Sugar Bowl on New Year's Day, but they're having some COVID issues themselves, and the Rebels are adjusting some of their plans. Ole Miss has delayed its planned departure for New Orleans and is still finalizing dates on that front. It said after reviewing the new policies, the team schedule has been adjusted to ensure the safest possible experience for the student-athletes. The statement doesn't address uh, exact COVID issues within the Rebels currently, but 24-7 Sports has confirmed that Ole Miss has had some positive cases. So we'll see how this impacts the Sugar Bowl. Hopefully they will still be able to take on Baylor in the Sugar Bowl. It's a, a little bit of a mess right now. In other football news, Damone Clark really impressed some NFL scouts this year at LSU. The linebacker wrote a letter to LSU fans on social media thanking them and said, my time at LSU has been nothing short of amazing. As I move, move forward, I hope to have a positive impact on my teammates and look forward to the next chapter. So Damone Clark will not play in the Texas Bowl for LSU. He will be going to the next level. He is believed to be one of the top inside linebackers in this coming NFL draft class and led LSU with 137 tackles this season, one of the uh, most in the nation. So best of luck to Damone Clark. Uh, Sean Alexander, Freshman of the Year Award, is named after the former Alabama and Seattle Seahawks running back Sean Alexander. This year's award has several contenders, and one of them is Georgia tight end Brock Bowers, who had a huge impact on his team. He's become one of their better players on the season, almost 800 yards receiving and 11 touchdowns. The winner of that award will be announced on January 10th. Speaking of LSU, just a minute ago, the LSU, they have low, low numbers of scholarship players available for the Texas Bowl. According to Jacob Esther, former LSU player and radio host. He said the Tigers will dress about 51 scholarship players with including recent scholarships awarded to guys. So a little bit of a lack of depth. They will be very thin when they take on Kansas State in the Texas Bowl. Former LSU star cornerback Eli Ricks made his official, uh, his transfer official a week ago, transferring to Alabama. And now he has announced he will wear the number seven jersey with Alabama. A little bit of a, a trolling of LSU as the iconic number seven for LSU goes to one of their best players every year. So Eli Rick's going to wear that, but with the Crimson Tide. Sent out a tweet wearing the number. He, of course, burst onto the scene as a true freshman in 2020 for LSU. Recorded 20 tackles, four interceptions, two return for a touchdown, five pass breakups in six games this year. Get 11 tackles, one interception, and one pass breakup. So we'll see what Eli Ricks is able to do next year at LSU. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview, local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis, the most comprehensive college football playoff preview. Uh, Check that out wherever you find your podcast. Coming up next, our conversation with Vanderbilt quarterback Ken Seals. This is it, guys, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. 
Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. If you want to see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. 93% of survey businesses increased their visibility and control after they upgraded to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite for the new year. NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. That's L-O-C-K-E-D. Head on over to netsuite.com slash locked. Take advantage of their special one-of-a-kind financing offer for the number one financial system for growing businesses, netsuite.com slash locked. Go check them out today. And again, take advantage of their end-of-year special right now. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Run along here, Locked On SEC, and been a lot of fun. We've been catching up with some uh, current SEC players, some former SEC players, and a guy joining us now, a current SEC player, quarterback. For the Vanderbilt Commodores, Ken Seals just finishing off his sophomore season. Two seasons in Nashville, playing quarterback at Vanderbilt. Uh, Ken, welcome in, man. How are you? No, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I, I want to start here. Uh, go back a little bit. You were a high school football player in Texas, just outside the Dallas area. What made you want to choose to go play football at Vanderbilt? Because I'm sure being in Texas, I'm sure there was a lot of schools in Texas that were interested in you. But what what attracted you to, to say Vanderbilt's where I want to go? Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely an interesting option that whenever I got the offer from Coach Mason at the time, I uh, hadn't really thought about it much. But then once I started looking into the school, I was like, this could actually be a really great fit for me. And coincidentally, I got parents or grandparents that live like 30 minutes south of Nashville. So my whole life, I had like taken trips up there and like seen them. And so I'd always been familiar with like the Tennessee scene. And so uh, whenever I went into it and saw the academic side that Vanderbilt had, and also I think, you know, I believed in the coaching staff that was there at the time. I thought they really liked me. Um, and certainly, you know, they started my freshman year and ended up, you know, doing working out pretty good for me. Uh, I just felt like it was a good fit. It felt um, not too far from home, especially since I had family that was close. And I actually pretty frequently. And uh, it just felt, like, honestly, a better fit for me than any of the other schools I could have gone to. You know, people throw around terms, and and I'll just say the word because I saw it in an article when I was when I was reading about you. Uh, the, the the term sophomore slump was thrown out there, and I don't want to pigeonhole you with that. But in <laughs> your mind overall, you had great success. You know, last year as a freshman, the numbers dipped a little bit this year. In your mind, why was that? Why why was it was it just not being able to find that consistency? You know, I uh, I ask myself that sometimes too because it's frustrating to think about uh, what I could have done. Uh, this year, maybe what I missed out on uh, compared to my freshman year. I think, you know, what happens a lot of times and why, you know, sophomore slump's even a thing is guys kind of go into it their first year, uh, not really with any expectations. 
uh, doing what they've always done, not really changing their process. And, uh, you know, I was one of those guys that, you know, didn't really kill it. But, you know, I'd consider myself having a semi-successful year, my freshman year. And so your process kind of changes after that. And I think mine did. And not that I was working any less hard than what I was. I think I thought I had it figured out a little bit, you know. I, I didn't think that maybe there was much more else to this game of football. I was like, oh, man, like, we didn't win a single game last uh, my freshman year. But, you know, we we're, we're close. With, I mean, we played only SEC teams. And even the first game when we almost beat A&M, who was ranked at the beginning of the season, I was like, Dude, I, I don't think there's much more I got to figure out. Like, I got this football thing down pretty well, and so I think um, a combination of that, and also you know having a whole new staff, uh, learning a new offense, and it's honestly a style of offense that I wasn't used to, um, and felt like I was getting more comfortable with as the season went on. And you know, unfortunately, I got knocked out after I think like six games, and um, tried to come back against Kentucky, and then got hurt again uh, in the first half. So it was just a really unfortunate year for me i feel like uh, in terms of like getting injured and um, not being able to play to the ability that i wanted to um and then also uh just i need to get back to what i was doing that got me here and i think you know i've had a lot of self-reflection and honestly even after the first time i got hurt with my finger uh, against florida i had about four weeks to just kind of get my thoughts together uh you know start watching film again like get everything back to where it was supposed to be and I thought I came out against the first half against Kentucky. At least that week had my best week of practice yet, and then came out the first half against Kentucky, like feeling pretty confident about what I was doing. Felt calm, poised in the pocket. Um, and I think this off season I'm going to do a lot more of that and focus on getting to that level of playing. You, you mentioned Ken. You had committed to uh, Coach Derek Mason. Obviously, he's at Auburn now as the the defensive coordinator. But what did you like about Coach Clark Lee coming in? Because you know I I had the pleasure to speak to him very briefly at SEC media days and look he knew what he was getting into right I mean this is a it's a tough feat it's a tough job and you know you really kind of have to start to build this thing from from scratch but what did you guys like about coach Lee throughout this season yeah I think coach Lee is one of those guys that he's just always like consistent through the highs and the lows like he's always like right where he needs to be uh, mentally and emotionally and I think that uh, mental emotional stability provided a lot of stability for the team i think it kind of wore off on us and he has a very like logical like detailed systematic approach to like the game and the exact way that he wants to see it played by us and i think one thing that he's really good at is communicating what he wants from us and communicating the expectations that he has for us to meet and so that's been that's been the whole thing about even last off season and throughout this season was like, here are the standards, here's what we're going to do, and if you're not meeting the standards, there's no exceptions for anyone that doesn't meet them. And, you know, there were guys that weren't able to handle that, and we you know, had guys that had to leave the team or, you know, just weren't fitting in well with the, the new culture that we were trying to build. And uh, I think there's going to be more of that, honestly. And I think in the recent transfers that we've had, there's a couple guys that it wasn't uh, working out for them, and through it all, Coach uh, Coach Lee has been awesome about all that. Just understanding uh, that you know not everyone is going to um, catch on to what we're doing here, and I think he understood that and knows that. Well, if they feel like this isn't the best place for them, then it's probably best in the aggregate of the team that they're not holding us back from where we want to go. And I think you know he has a great uh, approach to all of it. Uh, the adversity uh, and everything. And I think, you know, it's exciting to play for him. It's exciting to see what he's doing with the program. 
And uh, I have a lot of faith in him and his staff that they're going to get this thing turned around. More with Ken Seals in just a second, but uh, need to remind you about our friends at Bet Online. They've got you covered throughout this bowl season and this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. College football marching towards the college football playoff games. Of course, the NFL playoffs are right around the corner. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head on over to their website. You can do so on your mobile device. Sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That will get you your bonus from basketball to football, NHL, boxing, you name it. They've got it up at betonline.ag. And don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available throughout the rest of this year. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. BetOnline, it is where the game starts. Continue our conversation with uh, Ken Seals, Vanderbilt uh, quarterback. Uh, you guys had two really emotional wins this year at Colorado State and, and against UConn. It's one thing to win a game. It's another thing to win a game, you know, down to the wire on a game-winning field goal or whatever. Just talk about those two wins. I mean, it had to be rewarding to get those wins because of how hard-fought both those games were for you guys. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I've learned, especially in my last two years, is uh, winning's hard, especially at this level of football. Um, and so, you know, you saw us like jumping up and down, like you know, we had won big primetime game. And part of me is like, I don't know why we're doing this. Like, why are we celebrating this so much? <laughs> but the other side of me is like, wow, like you've been here for two years, and you know, I'm thinking about Colorado State right now. You've been here for two years now, and this is the first time you've won a football game. Like, you deserve to be as happy as you've ever been <laughs> winning a football game. Uh, because I think we've earned it. I think, you know, we had an extremely hard, uh, a lot of hard work in the off season, like building up to this last year. And for us, you know, obviously to have struggled like we did in week one to come out and battle through adversity again, come back down two touchdowns and to end up winning the game on the last drive uh, with no time left is, I think is just like incredible. And it speaks volumes to the amount of fight that the team had at the time. And still has. I'm not saying we lost that fight. But uh, the amount of fight that we had to win that game, I thought, was very representative of everything that we've been trying to teach and what Coach Lee's messages have been. And it really showed that we've been starting to get it a little bit. But, I mean, the feelings after both of those games, it was just like, man, like, it reminds you, like, why you play football. Like, wow, this is what it's like to win a game again, you know? And it's like, wow, like, having a different feeling other than the disappointment of a loss uh, honestly, like had kind of been lost in a lot of us. And um, I think having those wins was extremely like refreshing and rejuvenating for us and our spirits. And it was, it was a lot of fun, especially doing it with that group of guys, the guys that had been there in the off season and committed to the process. I mean, it was just, it, it made me really happy that I could do my part, especially for some of those senior guys and guys that have been there for longer than I have uh, to go out and get that win. Coach Lee and his staff uh, just had a really nice recruiting class during the early signing period, um, 37th in one of the rankings, top 40 overall. How excited are you to, to start to get to work with some of those guys and start building this thing up for next season? Because uh, you guys brought in some really talented uh, recruits in this group. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm already talking to coaches about trying to get in contact with those guys. When are they going to be here? Who are my early enrollees that I can start throwing with as soon as I get back, you know? Um, it, I mean, those, those are going to be guys that we're probably going to be looking to, to get some playing time on the field next year. And so they need to be ready. And this offense isn't, you know, just like a cookie cutter, like 
your high school offense. Like it's it's a little bit of a step up, and I think I realized that too. <laughs> and uh, those guys need to be prepared for that. And whenever they get on the field and they get their shot, they need to know exactly what they're doing, exactly what I'm thinking with the ball, uh, and where I'm expecting them to end up. And so I think uh, it's going to be really important for those guys that are on offense for us to build a good connection early. And uh, first, have a great relationship, and that's going to set the tone for how the season goes. So I'm really looking forward to getting to work with those guys. All right, Ken, I think a lot of us across the SEC, we look at Vandy as, okay, they're the smart kids. How tough is it at Vandy uh, balancing? Because I know, I mean, my buddy Earl Bennett went there. I know he's back with the program. But how tough is it uh, balancing that rigorous coursework with everything that's expected of you there? You know, uh, I can't speak for what other SEC schools uh, go through and what their school looks like. <laughs> I can't imagine that it's uh, <laughs> similar to what we're doing. From what I've heard from players that, you know, there's, there's been guys that came in from other schools that they're talking to the counselors trying to set up their class schedule. And, uh, and they're, like, saying, like, oh, yeah, I've never taken that class. I should take that. And their counselor's looking at their transcripts like, oh, uh, you've taken, like, three years of this course already. <laughs> and they're like, oh, really? It's, I mean, it's, it's just a very different level of expectation uh, in the classroom, I feel like. And I, I say that without knowing what other schools are like. But at least for me, uh, I came in as a computer science major. Um, I'm not a computer science major anymore. So <laughs> I think there's a – there's a certain level of commitment on and off the field that's required at Vanderbilt that most guys aren't able to commit to. Um, but I think uh, it's definitely going to be a good education, and it's really worth it for a lot of the guys uh, that are getting degrees here um, to go ahead and graduate and get that education. And, you know, a lot of them do some really good things after college. And I think it's absolutely worth it. Yeah, computer science in high school probably a, a lot different than uh, than when you get to Vanderbilt. Oh. oh yeah, I was maybe a little bit naive in that. <laughs> I, I want to ask you, Ken. You guys were locked down for for much of your freshman year with the COVID year. Were you able to get out at all this year and maybe start to explore everything Nashville has to offer with the music scene and all that? Because it's such a cool city to be, to be in. But I got to imagine last year you guys weren't able to do much. No, yeah, absolutely. We weren't allowed to do anything. Like it was. The my freshman year was literally a bore. It 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 seemed like I was never out. I mean, you know, obviously because I was a computer science major at the time, I was doing homework. Um, but also, like, and obviously, COVID like shut down everything. And uh, yeah, me and a group of guys, like some of my roommates and friends, we'd go out to like different uh, restaurants. And every time we tried to go out to eat, we wouldn't want to go to the same place twice. Like we'd try to go to every different like uh, location and restaurant you could in Nashville. And we found some really cool places. We found some some dives, uh, but it, it it is really cool. Nashville is such a cool city, and like seeing it like open back up, you know, and especially like in the downtown area of Nashville, where people, you know, whether there's masks required or not, uh, are kind of uh, regardless, <laughs> don't really care about the rules. Uh, it's it's like it's completely normal down there sometimes, and it's really cool. And it it definitely feels like um, things are kind of going back to the way they were a little bit, and um, it's it. it I really enjoy it. Uh, everything the Nashville has to offer has been really cool. And there has been a little bit more of exploration by me and some of the guys on the team. Yeah, it, it just is so unique. For being an SEC yeah. school, it's it's unique in that it's got things that other SEC cities don't have. I mean, other cities are just college towns, and Nashville is a is a big, vibrant city with Vanderbilt right there in the middle of it. So it really is a yeah. unique, unique spot. 
Uh, I want to ask you, obviously, look, 2-10 and 10 was not what you guys envisioned this year. It's not what you wanted to be. I'm sure it, it gets your ire every time you hear, hey, every school from the SEC went to a bowl game this year, except Vanderbilt. How confident are you guys that this thing could really start to turn next year and, and the vision that Coach Lee has that, man, we're, we're not winning just two games next year? Yeah, and I've already told you like where my belief is in Coach Lee and his staff because I feel like, Everything that they're communicating to us, talking about, teaching us, I think it's all the right stuff. And the work pays off. That's what I know. I, I mean, that's what they, um, the Lord tells us is that hard work will pay off. And uh, I think this group of guys is like willing to put in the work. We're bought in. And um, especially with some of the talent that we're bringing in, uh, some of the guys that you know may have been holding us back or not in anymore, um, I, I just feel like this is going to be a team next season that – is going to look to challenge a lot of those people that look us over. And I'm excited to be a part of that. And I think it's going to be really fun. It's going to be rewarding. And I'm looking to have a lot more feelings like we did at UConn and Colorado State next year. All right. I know uh, you took some monster hits these last two seasons in the SEC. What's the hardest hit you took so far? (laughs) Hardest hit I took? Uh, Okay. So whenever we played UConn, uh, I got, it was a, a rough in the passer call, but it it wasn't, it wasn't my offensive line's fault. It was actually my fault. I don't know if I've ever like told like anyone on air this, but I forgot to send the tight end in motion. And so whenever <laughs> we snapped the ball, the tight end picked off my right tackle and almost like a screen. And so the defensive end just flew around <laughs> and after I threw the ball, hit me in the back. It, we were, it was at, uh, we were playing UConn. So it was at home. And whenever he hit me, it was like, I don't know how he hit me. I think his helmet went straight into the middle of my back. Wow. And it like snapped my back backwards. And like for a split second, like I looked up and saw like the dark sky. It was was the strangest thing. Like, cause I was just standing there completely like calm, relaxed, not expecting to get hit and all. And it was like, boom, it was like a whiplash almost on my neck. And uh, that was, that was probably the most jarring I'd say. You you got to experience uh, you know stadiums being back to normal this year and, and packed stadiums. Mm-hmm. I know you played in Knox. You know you guys went to Knoxville. You went to the swamp. Uh, how crazy was that seeing those SEC road environments and just you know how rocking those crowds can get? Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, you hear a lot about it. Like I think you know Joe Burrow talking about how SEC stadiums get more hype than NFL stadiums and. Obviously, you know, I'm not, you know, national championship LSU team going in there against Alabama or anything. So I'm sure those games are another level, but at least of the games I saw, they were, they were really cool. I remember one time we were playing Florida and uh, it was fourth down on like the two yard line. And, you know, we, we go on a clap cadence and they got the whole, like, I don't know if it was a student section, but it was a whole crowd of people like right behind the end zone. And obviously it's fourth down everyone's cheering and, uh, yeah, like literally, we I think we ended up calling like a timeout because I clapped and no one on the offensive line <laughs> heard it. And, and it gets that loud. And you, I mean, you can hear a clap from the stands sometimes if you're at games. Like claps, like they cut through the sound. And uh, that, I think that was like the loudest it had ever gotten for me like on the field in a game because it was almost like I couldn't do any. Like I was trying to make points and IDs and, hey, we're sliding left, everyone's sliding left, and everyone's, like, looking at me. I'm, like, telling each individual lineman, like, six different times, like, we're sliding left, and it was it was absolutely insane. It does get really cool, though. I love playing in those environments. Well, I'm looking at the schedule for next year, and you got a really cool first road game to start the year. You guys play at Hawaii. 
to start next yeah. year. So that's a fun one. But let's see. You go to Northern Illinois. Oh, uh, you go to Alabama. That's going to be that's going to be a rocking environment at Bryant Denny Stadium. You get to go to Sanford Stadium at Georgia. Man, like what? what this schedule is brutal for you guys next year at Missouri, at Kentucky. But uh, yeah, those are some uh, fun rocking environments that you'll get to see uh, uh, some more other SEC venues at their at their fullest. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, one thing about our team is we play good on the road. I think every time we were on the road last year, we fought hard. We challenged teams. Uh, I think we feed off that energy, honestly. Like, every time the stadium gets loud and it gets pumping, I honestly think, like, that just inju- like rejuvenates us even more. And uh, I'm excited because I think, obviously, we're going to have a lot, lot more time with our coaches this year, uh, coaching us up under the same schemes. Uh, some more talent coming in, and I think, you know, a year of Coach Lee and his teachings is really going to do well for us, and uh, I'm absolutely excited. Those are going to be some really fun games I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and, and I thought at times this year your defense did come up big in, in some stops. I mean, you know, yeah. Ole, Ole Miss, you know, Lane Kiffin, it was their last game in, in Oxford. They wanted to put up a ton of points, and you guys held them to, to 31. I mean, that's, you know, for one of the, the most strong, you know, uh, what do you call it, you know, high-flying offenses in the SEC, so I thought that was an accomplishment, and it was like you saw glimpses at times. So there's something there, but you guys are close. You're knocking on the door, and, and I'm excited to see what you guys can, can do next year, Ken. Uh, last thing before we let you go, what, uh, what is Ken Seals doing in his downtime? Are you a Netflix guy, video game guy? What do you do? <laughs> oh, geez, my downtime. Um, <laughs> honestly, right now I'm playing Minecraft. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I don't know. I might get roasted for that one, but um, <laughs> honestly – I don't really play too much video games. Uh, I don't really watch TV. Um, honestly, I try not to have downtime. Usually if it is, it's just sitting on the couch for like 30 minutes or an hour, like either on the phone with my dad if I'm in college. You know, I, I talk to him like every day. Uh, scrolling through Instagram. Um, <laughs> you know, this this off season is going to be interesting. You know, I'm recovering from a couple injuries that I've, I've taken. So uh, not really uh, doing much right now as far as like a training aspect. Um, so... Really, just kind of hanging out. Um, not not much, honestly. When people ask me what I do in my downtime, I don't really know. <laughs> um, it's uh, there's not a lot of it. Uh, last thing, and we'll let you go. Um, you know, I've seen a lot. They, look, there's been a lot of movement this offseason in college football. The transfer portal has opened things up. Um, did you do you give any thought to that kind of stuff? Is it look, man? I came to Vanderbilt for a reason. I'm staying here. I'm sticking this out. And on the flip side, I mean. You can get on the phone. You can get on Instagram and start sending some messages out to some guys going, hey, so you entered the portal. Why don't you come over here to Vanderbilt? Uh, how much does the transfer portal, uh, I guess, weigh on your mind, and how much does it change things? Yeah, I mean, you know, even after last year, I I played well, um, didn't win a game. I think, you know, that could have been uh, a great time for me to go, but it's just not something that is going through my mind. You know, I've already talked about how much I believe in Coach Lee and the staff, and I think, that's the biggest thing. Like, do you believe that these coaches are going to get you guys to where you want to go? And I think they are. I think, I, I think these coaches are the guys to get the job done. And, uh, and as far as like other guys, I got, you know, a, a lot of guys out there that I know that are in college football and a lot of them are in the portal right now. So I think behind the scenes, there are some text messages being sent uh, to some guys like, Hey man, like what do you think of Vanderbilt? What are your grades? <laughs> Can you get to school? Uh, so there, there is a little bit of that. And I think, uh, we're going to see more of it. Um, some more guys in the portal, uh, start joining the team. Um, we'll see. I don't know exactly who it's going to be yet, but I'm sure, uh, I'm sure there's going to be a couple. And, you know, for me, uh, I think Vanderbilt's my home. I think, uh, you know, I got family in Franklin, you know, 30 minutes South. 
Uh, it's where I've been the last two years. It's where I've made some of the best friends that I'm going to have in my life. Um, and so I think, uh, I think it's where I'm supposed to be. I think God put me here for a reason, and uh, I'm going to see it through. Well, nothing against any of the guys that are on your team, but look, if a, if a, if a big-time receiver wants to come to Vanderbilt or a big, no. you know, a big tackle wants to come transfer to Vanderbilt, I'm sure Ken, Ken Seals would enjoy that. So uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. It's going to be a lot of fun. Ken, thanks so much for the time, man. really appreciate it, and uh, best of luck next year. And uh, really looking forward to seeing what you and, and Co- Coach Lee and the, all the guys at Vanderbilt can do uh, moving forward. Yeah, awesome, and thank you. All right, that is just about going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. My thanks to Ken Seals, Vanderbilt quarterback. Great conversation with him. Look forward to see what the Commodores can do next season. I'm Chris Gordy. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Check out the Locked On Bets podcast with uh, your boy Q and Lee Sterling. They will give you all the picks you need on a daily basis right there. Locked On Bets. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, be safe and do it with the ones you love. I'm Chris Gordy. Talk to you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on SEC.